Well, this is evening prayer, so this is not a sermon. It's a reflection. But I want us to press into the theme that I mentioned when we started evening prayer, which is the, the readings and acts are telling us throughout these next weeks what, who the church is, what the church is called to do, how we are always and everywhere dependent on Jesus to do that. And this would be a good time to then let the Lord speak to us as Holy Trinity. Because we want to be a faithful church. We want to be a church where we see God, you know, a month from now, five months from now, just like, Lord, I can't believe that you were doing this in our church. I didn't know you had this in store for us. And I don't think that's necessarily a big, bold prayer. I think that's a right prayer. Because I think if, if we had time as individuals, we could sit around, actually there'll be pizza afterwards, we could sit around the pizza later today and say, when did God surprise you to the outside? When did you find, when, when did you kind of pray something and you thought, man, I hope this, I hope this works, I hope this is being heard, I, I, it's a long shot, whatever you were thinking that was an honest appraisal of what you thought God would be doing, and then, man, he answers prayer. All of a sudden, you're in a place that you never thought you would be in. I was thinking that uh, in preparation for this, it's uh, we're, we're talking with some uh, folks about Valiermo. Valiermo is a Benedictine, is a Benedictine abbey in Southern California that Vicky and I went to in 2017, with zero knowledge of what God wanted to do with us host our old church where we'd served for 14 years. Just going to retreat, just going to be with him, just going to say, Lord, what do you want us to do? And then he just led us circumstantially into a couple guys that were part of the diocese we're now in. Churches for the sake of others. And we, they told us, and we, when we could talk to them through the times when we weren't supposed to be silent, we got a hold of the bishop's number, we called him right afterwards, and he got back to us, and now that started the journey that leads us here. But each of us, I'm sure, has a testimony like that. And I think this is true for God's plan, Christ's plan for his church. And so we're in the middle now where, where Peter is giving his sermon. And you heard that it started out with, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. And then we cut to... Verse 36, therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As I was reading this originally, I, I, was, I couldn't wait to get down to the next parts of the passage that was read. Verse 42 to 47, which is essentially a church charter. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Oh, I love that. If you were in the early days of Holy Trinity, you know we studied this. This was our core team theme for each of the dinners that we had in the, in the, we met every couple weeks. Like, Lord, what does it mean to break bread together? Lord, what does it mean to... Uh, devote ourselves to your teaching and to fellowship and to prayer. Show us. But the Spirit wouldn't let me get there, and we're not going to stay there uh, hardly at all today. We are really talking about 
The first part, the gospel. What, what is the gospel? Nowadays, in, in our public square, people have all kinds of hard time defining things that seem to be pretty obvious. But the gospel is particularly challenging, I think, and, and tricky at times. What is the gospel? I think sometimes we've, we've lightened it. Is, is the gospel, I mean, how would you answer that? The gospel that I often heard is what Peter says. What, you know, they said, brothers, what must we do to be saved? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And there it's saved. There wasn't much else beyond that. And so you could, as long as your sins were forgiven, as long as you prayed that prayer originally at some point, you had salvation past, present, and future. And I think that actually is true, but it's not the whole understanding. It's not the richness, the fullness of what the gospel message is. So what is the gospel? What image may come to your mind when you think of that? Or parable? I, uh, I'll answer that question. <laughs> Matthew 13, verse 44, is Jesus' one, one verse answer that, that, or description of the kingdom of heaven, which one could argue is the gospel in, in full fruition. And he says, I'll tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a man who went and he found a treasure in his field. And in his joy, he covered it up. And in his joy, he went and sold everything he had in order to buy that field. In his joy, he went. Or later on, Jesus tells the disciples before his crucifixion, you will grieve for a little bit. But then your grief will be turned to joy. And then he likens it to a woman who is pregnant and about to bear a child. And he says, when her time has come, the pain that she feels in the moment will give way to the joy of having that child born. None, neither of those kind of work for you. Maybe you're a concert goer. Like, I, I, I have nieces and nephews or cousins and things like that. They go down to places like Coachella or they go see Bono. Or they like, that's great. If concerts are your thing, if that conveys like heavenly kingdom of God, I got good news for you. Revelation speaks of thousands of thousands of angels in what? In joyful assembly. And they are praising God and they're hearing the elders, the 24 elders are, are playing harps. They're, this is an amazing celestial heavenly concert that all speaks to what the gospel is. It is the triumph of Jesus Christ on the throne. So is the gospel the, the fact that Jesus died for us? It absolutely is. Is it the fact that through his death, sin has been conquered? What has separated us from God is has been taken away? Absolutely. Is it that we now have new life and we have the hope of heaven? Yes. But it is also that we have a calling in this life. It is also, it is not just a declaration, uh, uh, something that we just accept, almost like a transaction. This is the part of the gospel that, that sometimes you could be forgiven for concluding that the gospel, if, if you give your life to Christ, your sins will be forgiven. That sounds really transactional. It does have a transactional aspect, but it's not the fullness of it. It's far more than that. You know what it is? It really is a relationship. Fundamentally a relationship. So while we can describe what the gospel is through a variety of different images and a variety of different scriptures, it is fundamentally about a relationship with Jesus Christ. The gospel is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the gospel. 
And in the rest of the New Testament, in the church's legacy, heritage, calling, uh, the reason we are a church is to take that fullness of life in Christ in all its forms and, and, and be that fullness as individuals in our place of work, as uh, people that have folks living on either side of us, neighbors, people with family members who don't know the Lord. Whatever that fullness of the Lord is in us, we live that out with those around us. But we do that not only as individuals, we do that as a church. The reason we are together as a church is not just to have a place to, to worship on a Sunday or not to do things that good Christians do. This is why I think a lot of the church uh, connection participation is down. It's not just the pandemic. I think it's because people have not fully appreciated the, the richness of the gospel. Dallas Willard calls this uh, sort of that flat gospel that I was describing earlier, the gospel of sin management. That I just need to manage how my, my sins are taken care of by Jesus. And once that's done, I'm good. What else needs to happen? I can go on with my career. I can go on with the things that I enjoy doing. That's not the calling of the church. That's not the church that we see in Acts. And so we want to be, I desire us to be. I, I, here's the good news about, I think, a fairly mature body of believers here. I don't think any one of us here wants to play church or do church or be considered a good Christian just because we go to church. I think life is too short to let that just be our mindset. Rather, in the, whatever days God has for each of us, whatever you know, future, I want it to be significant. I, I, want to be, I want each of us to be able to say, we saw God moving in amazing ways in the Holy Trinity. I, I wanted to play my part. I wanted to do what God is calling me to do. I don't know necessarily what that is, but he is going to show us more and more of what that is. He's going to lead us into more and more opportunities. We, we get things, you know, you'll hear later from Kate towards the end of our service about just what was going on with Hotel de Zinc. An opportunity to, to be God's love and compassion to people who desperately need that. And again, we could, I would love the opportunity to share more of those stories about how, how God's using us. But we don't want our areas, our families, our colleagues to be the same if they don't know the Lord. And if they do know the Lord, we don't want them to be the same. We want them to be a part of something that God's doing that they say, this, this is worth my attention. This is worth my time. It's worth my resources. It's worth my investment. If we can't say that here, we're not listening to the Spirit. We're not, and so, and I don't want to take listening for granted. We have to be before him. We have to be on our knees. We have to be asking privately. We have to be talking in our small groups. We have to be saying, Lord, where are you leading us specifically in these areas? Or, Lord, here's something that I'm doing. I need prayer because I don't know if I'm doing it well or I need resources. I'm excited about how the church unfolds in the book of Acts. It's not history. It's instruction for us. It's not condemnation. It's invitation. And my prayer, and Cindy will lead us in prayer where we'll have much more time to just be openly before the Lord saying, okay, where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? What's next? Well, what, I got wounds that need to be bound so that I can be better for you. I, need, I got questions that I need answers so I can be more thoughtful about how to get There's a lot of things. 
But just as St. Paul said, all the questions we have are yes in Christ. The gospel is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the gospel. And the calling he has on each of us is comprehensive and full and exciting and produces, as we saw, joy. May we live in that joy while we are before him, asking him to have his will through us. Amen.